the members of Femusery, have come to the antidote. It's great to have you guys here. Thanks, great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. How about each of you introducing yourselves and give us your role in the band? Well, I'm Joel. Uh, I'm the, I guess, the band manager-ish. Uh, and uh, I play guitar, and most recently on our album, I did a bunch of keys parts as well, so that's kind of becoming part of my role, I guess. I, I'm Kevin, um, mainly in the drum department, drum percussion, a bit of BVs here and there. Um, yeah. I'm Sheridan, and I'm the lead vocalist, and sometimes help write keys, but that's not my strongest part of the band. I'm mainly the vocalist. Now, Joel, with you being band manager, does that mean you take a bigger cut of all the money that you guys are making? <laughs> Not at all. And uh, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that we make money at this stage. Um, <laughs> everything we make basically goes straight back into the band and just funds future projects, essentially. Yeah. I know that Vemusery is a five-piece, so you should tell us who we're missing. Uh, so currently we're missing James Nicholson. So he's another guitarist. Uh, he also co-produced the album with Kevin and I, uh, and Richard Taylor, he's our bassist. Now, I got to tell you, here's a big coincidence. When I read your bio, I realized that I'd already met Rich. He and I spoke at the Audio Feed Music Fest in 2019. Oh, no way. Yeah, because he was <laughs> performing with Riffersbach. Uh, oh, of course. Ah, yeah. So I yeah, guess, like they say, the world really is a small place. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. You've got to fill everybody in. Where's the band located? Uh, we are all started in Coventry. Yeah. Um, Sheridan's now moved a little closer to Birmingham way, I guess, Sheridan. But yeah, it's not, I'm, I'm not super far. west of Birmingham, but it's, it's only like an hour drive. It's not far. I mean, we all have slightly different origins, but we, we met and formed in Coventry. I guess I grew up in Cornwall, uh, more of like a rural area of the UK. Uh, Kevin mm. and Sheridan are more London way, I guess. Uh, Sheridan's, yeah, you're, you're at North London, at the north of Kent. Um, obviously, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know UK geography, this is not going to make much sense. But um, yeah, I'm from like down south of the UK, Kent area, touching on London. Sheridan's north of London. And then Coventry's like in the Midlands, a couple of hours away from, from London and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much the middle of the UK is Coventry. Yeah. yeah. So you cover a large chunk of the UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah relatively, yeah. yeah. Well, first things first tonight, you've got to tell me how in the world you came up with the name Vamoosery. <laughs> yeah, well, so we were actually put together as a band um, for a competition, and at the time that was called Go Rebuild, which was a reference to going and rebuilding people. Mm -hmm. And when the competition finished and we decided we, we wanted to carry on, we decided we wanted a different name, and... The conversation started by swapping out the word go for other synonyms, one of which was like vamos as like the Spanish word. Um, and we were like, oh, that sounds like vamusery build. And we just dropped build and kept vamusery, tagged on the moose association. And, and that is how we came to be what we are. <laughs> <laughs> so the name has nothing to do with the animal, the moose. No, no. Nothing um, Technically, but we've chosen to embrace that association. Sheridan's <laughs> <laughs> dismay. After uh, years <laughs> of fighting it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always nice to see a moose. You just don't want to meet one on the highway with your car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indeed, sure. <laughs> yeah. 
thankfully we don't have much of that problem over here in the uk but uh, well, i went on holiday to the us last year and i and i nearly drove into a deer with my friend and that was pretty scary oh my gosh the mooses are bigger than deer right quite by quite yeah i'm sure that yeah. we might not yeah. survive that <laughs> like five times the size of a of a deer a deer yeah okay yeah you got to give me a little bit more detail on how the band came together because as you'd mentioned you guys came from different parts of the uk why did you meet in coventry uh, so there's a christian music university in coventry called nexus institute of creative arts um, uh, we were different year groups, but um, that's where we met. Kevin, James, and Rich, they all actually slotted in later, but we still met in the same place. Uh, but yeah, every every former lineup and current lineup, we were all at that college and kind of generally knew each other, and that's how we kind of slotted in at different points. Yeah. How cool. Well, something about progressive rock is that it's almost unheard of in the Christian music scene, and that makes Vamoosery a rarity. But it also makes me wonder how willing people are to accept your sound in the message. Yeah, well, I guess it, it kind of feels a little bit early days, really. I think with the release of our new album, Moving Forward, it's kind of the first main major opportunity where we've kind of made a mark that's mm-hmm. gone a little bit wider than kind of our local scene, I think up to this point whilst the band have released EPs and singles before we've been very much kind of focused locally in the UK and uh, often over here we end up up playing gigs that are either you know church events that's a little bit different and they the church event guys might often ask us to you know do a a session of worship music as well alongside or something like that Mm. Um, or or we do more like stripped down acoustic arrangements but we're still with that kind of progginess uh, attached or you'll find us in like local pubs alongside punk rockers or like um, your metalheads. So we, we've kind of been in and out everywhere, and occasionally, you know, people will pick us up and, and take note. And but um, yeah, it's only kind of recently where we've put ourselves out. It's more of a kind of oh, we are a progressive rock band, um, and we very much we have the journeying of faith at the center of our expression so it's kind of a new thing kind of for us to see the response on the kind of a wider level but it's been relatively positive the last couple of weeks since the album's dropped so yeah both from the prog community a little bit from the christian world and as well as the alternative rock scene um they're getting a fair bit of plays on some playlists and stuff on streaming at least from kind of the more standard alternative rock world so yeah it's interesting but that must be an awkward fit. You were mentioning about playing with both metal bands and punk, because obviously you don't mesh with either. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're that. a nice balance. Um, yeah. I think we are just heavy enough to rub shoulders with that genre, but also just light enough to also do other things. I think it's a nice yeah. mix. Oh, but be honest with me. Were any of you guys <laughs> even born when prog rock was running? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't no, know. What years, um, what years are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, if you mean like the birth of prog in like the late 60s, early 70s, then no. None of us were. Exactly. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, I think we were all born in the 90s, right? All of us guys. Or yeah. Yes. The band. So yeah. you, you could argue there was a, a small prog revival in the underground scene a little bit in the 90s with your kind of your Spock's beards and your um, 
Flower Kings. Flower Kings, your Dream Theater as well, obviously. And the Dream Theater are a good crossover for the metal guys, I suppose. But obviously, we're not mm. we're not quite like them either. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's difficult. But I guess where the punk rock comes into it is is you're right, we don't fit in. But if you go and play a gig in Birmingham, you're gonna find a punk band these days. You know, even yeah. though Birmingham's like the birth of metal, so to speak, with Black Sabbath and stuff. These days, you see a lot of like punk rock bands playing, and so it, it yeah, it can be quite interesting. Can be quite interesting. Mm. Music history states that basically progressive rock was replaced by punk. Polar opposites again. Right. Oh, well, it's, I, it's a tug of war, isn't it? I think you've got punk in response to prog and prog in response to punk. And arguably, you've even got some prog punk bands out there, as contrary as that might sound. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys really are into this. <laughs> well, uh, I, I grew up in prog. My parent, well, my dad wasn't so much, but my mum was a big prog head and she fed me a lot of stuff like Yes and Genesis. And I got very into some of the 90s prog bands. I'm a big fan of Spock's Beard and Yes. Uh, well, Yes being one of the classic ones, obviously. But um, I'm certainly a bit of a nerd for it. Um, I was introduced through these guys. I, I you know, I, I don't know much about prog at all, actually, but I, I quite like what we make. <laughs> the cool thing is, is that you have the perfect voice for it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's cool to hear. <laughs> I want to take you guys back a few years. Running mm-hmm. from 2017, that's the <laughs> earliest Vamoosery song that I could track down. And I do <laughs> understand the opening verse. You want to talk about it, then sit down and listen to me. I'd love to tell you all about it if you would only listen. But you know, the thing is, in today's society, is anyone actually wanting to truly hear another person? You know, everyone seems so self-absorbed. Yeah, I think the first verse of that was really trying to, the word listen is, is repeated multiple times for a reason, because I I am aware that a lot of people, when you have a conversation, a lot of people are just re- listening to reply rather than to actually listen and take in what you're saying. And oh, so I'm sorry, were you verse- saying something? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was really um, mean, Sharon. Yeah. Carry oh, on. It took me a while. Um yeah, and, and I just really wanted that verse to sort of bring to the surface that people don't listen properly. Um, even if it's just like, you're not taking in what I'm saying, you're just replying to me and it doesn't mean much. Or, for example, that they're not hearing what I'm saying about God properly or whatever, or they're not listening to God properly or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, people don't listen in a sense of taking it in, yeah. Something else about running is that it's very different from your latest music. It's certainly less yeah. prog and more true rock. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, were you guys hunting for your sound? No, not really. It's quite interesting, uh-huh. really. Um, before running, we had actually put out a five-track EP, mm. um, and that actually had the first five tracks of our new album on it. Mm. Um, so our new album is a complete reworking of those five songs, plus a lot of new material. Um, so actually, running is probably the sixth song we wrote, chronologically and i guess mm-hmm. it's maybe maybe one of the reasons a little less proggy is that i had like a bout of bad health for a while and so um that the guys i was kind of very much in the room when the song was being written um and the main riff is a riff that i wrote but i kind of yes. took a bit more of a producer role at that time and there was more of a push towards making something a bit more commercial and hit worthy um from james um and so yeah, I mean, I I battled a bit to get a little bit of progress in there, but it is largely a pretty accessible tune, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It is, it's probably done the best of any of our tunes in terms of 
popularity and streaming and that kind of thing. And, and that makes sense. So then it paid off to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still fond of it. I think it's a good song. I wasn't in the band at the time, but I remember first hearing running and being quite generally surprised in a, in a really good way of how um, different it was than what I was expecting. And it, it seemed to just hit So I recognized the people playing, but it, it just sat differently uh to yeah. the music that i've heard before and it made me quite quite intrigued actually yeah hmm. you've already mentioned that the band brought together some of your singles and a few new songs for your just released album moving forward now most artists prefer to put out a regular supply of singles these days does that mean that putting out an album was important to you yeah massively um and actually only we were discussing this earlier today but only really after putting the album out have we kind of realized the importance of the full package and we know that it's not very um very current to be into your albums as you say it's all about the singles and and we have released a batch of singles from the album in the run-up to this release but Mm um i guess as we've reflected on kind of the idea of journey being such a big theme of this album um we realize from just some of the comments that people have been making that hearing this album from start to finish is actually um, quite important. And I think it's the best way that the art is viewed and the songs are, are viewed. I think, you know, hearing Do You Hear Me into Archaeologist just hits differently than if you were to listen to either one of those songs kind of on their own. And I think because you've got the the narrative, so to speak, of the songs almost in chronological order of them being written, you have this kind of nice, almost unintentional narrative going on in the music, but also in in some of the lyricism. And you can hopefully sense this kind of sense of maturity musically as the song go on as well. Um, So I think in in this case, especially marking ourselves down, like as a progressive rock band, I think the album's been quite important for us, uh, the uh, the album package. And um, it's, it's, if anything, it's kind of ignited a new, uh, awareness of 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 our band really uh just the album itself it's had more engagement than the singles on their own which is really interesting for us actually it's interesting that you speak about listening to the entire album <laughs> now you need some undivided attention to do it because right. it's 50 <laughs> minutes long and it closes with a pair of songs coming in around seven minutes that might mean people just don't want to listen to the album front to back, but you're saying yeah. that they should. Well, I think um, that's where the progressive crowd comes in. And I think we, we pushed some of our singles to the progressive crowd before and not have much response. And then we dropped the album and we sold like 15 copies in 24 hours to people we don't even know, which is quite mm. a pleasant surprise. I well, think well, that's pretty big for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if you're a progger, I think those people appreciate the album as an art form, I guess. I think they still see value in that. I certainly see value in that. I like listening to things as mm-hmm. albums. So I guess it depends on what angle you're coming from. Well, so. each song is a is a story and a moment of someone's life on its own as well. So they do stand alone, um, mm-hmm. but you will understand the whole journey if you listen to the whole thing as an album but you can still listen to them on their own they were written at different parts of our lives and represent different things for each person and that's totally fine even the last two songs that are paired together are technically two different moments in time so that is fine i see 
Let's get into the music itself. I mean, besides Prelude, the song Listen opens up moving forward. I will hold my tongue when they are around me. But I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, and my fire of words within me grew worse. So the question is, why not speak out? Yeah, that's um, something I remember looking at while we were writing that, and it's something I used to do quite a lot. I used to be a lot shyer than I am now. I am still shy. But if something was going on and it wasn't good, or someone was doing something that I didn't like around me, I wouldn't necessarily speak up, defend myself or even someone else maybe. And that is just as bad as doing the wrong thing anyway. And that was something I wanted to put in that verse. I don't get this. How could you be shy and be the front woman of a rock band? Oh, it's tough. (laughs) It's it's difficult. (laughs) You've talked a little bit about songwriting, but how does it work for Vemusri? Is this a group effort? Yeah, um, it depends on the song. Um, For example, You Are Always Near was something I wrote in my bedroom alone with the chords and the lyrics. And I ended up bringing that to the band and they turned it into what it is now. Or me and Joel would often sit down and try and write stuff, uh, look at the Bible for inspiration, which is a, a lot of what listeners, and then bring the bare bones of that to the band. I think it's always been quite collaborative, but um, it's typically started, with the exception of a couple of songs, it's typically started with me and Sheridan in the room, I think. Mm-hmm. You're Always Near is, is one of the few, or actually, I think it's the only one actually that Sheridan just wrote by herself first. So I think that has yeah. a different flavour that comes across as well. But it's interesting because um, these songs kind of stretch across a couple of lineups. It's super collaborative in a way. Like there's a lot that comes into it. There's the initial influence of people uh, in the original lineup kind of contributing to the songs themselves. And then there's also a lot um, of contribution from the new lineup on some of those earlier songs um, in terms of just the production aesthetic and lots of little musical ideas. So... It's quite interesting, really, what it's become, but I I really like that it reflects kind of almost broad scope of everyone who's been involved in the band. Well, I do get that, but there really is a consistency with all of moving forward. Like, nothing really Mm. stands out as being an oddity. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, Obviously, it did have the same lineup. Um, kind of tracking through that and me Kevin and James kind of consistently were kind of in the room when things were being recorded and, and making a lot of comments about tones and everything and I think that yeah. we were, were we were keen to create an air of consistency throughout the whole thing yeah I mean it's been challenging because the way that we recorded this thing was we booked studio time as and when we could afford it as a band you know so you find us going into one studio for three days and tracking drums and then you know tracking guitars in one studio you know a few months later bass a few months later using different on a different day and we didn't do the normal sort of like right we booked two to three weeks out and we're going to hit the whole thing running in those three weeks It, it was really like as and when we could and with um the lockdown and pandemic becoming a thing as well it then meant we ended up recording some extra guitars and things from from our home bedrooms and stuff so it's quite funny because kind of circumstances would say like maybe the production elements could be inconsistent or 
the songs themselves could seem inconsistent, but I think we worked really hard to make sure that the album itself would flow. And whilst, you know, certain songs have different flavors, you've got like, do you hear me? That's a little bit more almost post-punk influenced with like uh, a hint of like classic rock, like the who. Um, and then you've got more of a kind of straight edge rock ballad, like um, you're always near. And then some of the more proggy moments, there's lots of different flavors, but um, it was kind of our hope when producing the album and trying the different sounds and getting the right guitar tones and things that to make sure that there was that kind of consistency. So it's, it's, uh, it's good to hear that, that that you hear that the consistency throughout which is which is nice yeah well i certainly admire your tenacity <laughs> because <laughs> that's the most difficult way to ever do an album yeah yeah tell us about it yeah it's it's been a heck of a long process from when we first began to like track drums you know it's coming up to to five years really of process it's not the way i'd recommend doing it but it's the way <laughs> it had to happen for this one <laughs> I do need to mention my personal favorite on moving forward, and that's archaeologist. Mm. Lyrics are straightforward. I'm asking you, forgive me, now I see through your eyes. I don't need to hide. I know that I can always ask. I find the lyrics are fairly obvious and straightforward. But of course, you could do them the opposite way and make them cryptic, where people actually have to really ponder or consider or dig into what the lyrics might actually be meaning i am pretty um influenced by music that i understood and related to really quickly i grew up listening to things like evanescence and paramore among other things Mm -hmm. um and those lyrics are you know it's i feel this way and this is what i'm saying about it i I'm all for being cryptic and having people theorize about what your lyrics mean, but sometimes I just want to hit them where they need it. And sometimes people just need direct communication. And I think that's what I wanted to do with that one. As you said, you like Evanescence and Paramore. You want to keep it yeah. straightforward. Uh, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm easy. I, I don't, um, I try not to hold any like, lyrical or musical things too precious because then it gets really personal when it ha- when it gets changed or if it gets changed so I'm, I'm, I'm I try to be quite easy to work with in terms of songwriting and lyric writing and stuff and if something needs to change then I'm I'm down to hear why <laughs> you can save the cryptic lyrics for the next album yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if I feel like it <laughs> okay so it's time to bring in one of those monstrously long songs Moving forward, part one, fire. And it says, we'll keep moving forward and we'll march on through the fire with the one who lives within. With that, you're making it sound as if faith is easy. Um, There's a lot of songs on the album that I think make faith sound hard. I think that really communicate a struggle and a wrestle. But moving forward, one of our later songs, one of the ones that comes towards the end of the album, one of the ones that helps summarize the theme of the album, I think is one of the first ones that really communicates a sound of strength, but I don't think it negates like the fight or the struggle. It's just, but it's a strong declaration. It all sits in a context, doesn't it? I think, but it comes at the end of a long journey of the album. And I think it is just, it's just a point of strength that we built up to. And it's just the declaration of needing to 
choosing to move forward i guess in spite of everything that's come in spite of everything that's kind of closing against you you just keep moving forward even if it's through the fire you just keep moving forward that's how i would see it i think yep 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 sheridan sounded like you had something you wanted to add to that um i was just going to say for me it represents like the determination needed to walk with faith Mm -hmm. that was all i was going to (laughs) say with that are you considering the band to be evangelical in any way well, um, I think we we do consider that, but our vision has always been to be a light in a dark place. So, um, I mean, you say our lyrics aren't cryptic. That's great. Um, but I think we have tried not to be too explicit in terms of having Christian sounding lyrics, I guess. We've wanted it to be accessible to Christians and non-Christians alike. And we've wanted mm-hmm. to be able to break out into secular scenes and make a mark there without, you know, I guess, Bible thumping. <laughs> um, I, I would say we're, we are maybe subtly evangelistic. I don't know what the right term would be. Yeah, I think that's about right. I can see how that works, because, of course, here I am. I'm coming with a Christian worldview and reading the lyrics that way, and it will influence me to say, yes, it's a very overtly Christian message. Mm. But true mm. enough that a non-Christian might look at it somewhat differently. We have actually had that before. Um, We had a review. I can't remember exactly what it was for. um, And they couldn't decide if the songs we played were about Jesus or a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And they they weren't Christian. And that's exactly what they put in their review as well. And I was like, you know what? I'll take that. (laughs) It makes it accessible. Let's not talk about Jesus is my boyfriend type of song. (laughs) No, I I didn't mean that. I just meant if it's accessible enough that like if we haven't been explicit in the way that someone might think is about someone else and then dig deeper and find out actually it's about this and then look into it for themselves and that's great well here's a final thought vamoosery is making music with a retro style and your album's titled moving forward so isn't that a contradiction (laughs) (laughs) that's uh may, may i ask what gives you the impression that it's like retro Retro, just because, I guess, progressive rock has had its heyday, and it's not as popular as it used to be. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd certainly progressive rock has had its heyday, but um, I think it has continued to grow and develop, even if it's become a bit more niche, and I think it is a continuing developing sound. Um, I mean, I guess more of the classic stuff comes into play, but there's a few influences there that um, I think keep it current. And moving forward, you know, is very much, um, it's thematically kind of pressing forward more than anything. Um, Sound-wise, I personally think that there's a good mesh of the old and the new there to keep it from being stale, I guess. Um, I I guess there's a unique element to the use of progressive rock kind of tendencies, but found alongside more kind of modern alternative rock approaches. so I think hopefully that that helps us stick out a little bit as something that's a bit unique and a bit different rather than hopefully retro. I think whilst there is a danger perhaps using the progressive rock label that people might instantly associate it with kind of a retro sound, but mm-hmm. my hope is if you play the Vermoosery album alongside uh, you know, a Yes album or a King Crimson album, there, there's quite a significant difference in production, in arrangement, mm-hmm. uh, certainly in Sheridan's vocal performance in comparison <laughs> to some of those like earlier prog bands. So I, I think maybe we take 
from the prog world a little bit and but we're presenting something that's hopefully a little bit more fresh and, and new yeah and i also think it's worth bear in mind that retro is kind of trendy at the moment nostalgia is trendy it is. that is yeah. true well you're absolutely right about making those comparisons and the thing is is that the new album is a standout that's oh, great to hear thank you thanks I want to thank the three of you for this chat, and I hope you have a good run with the new Vamoosery album. Thank, thank you. Very much. We appreciate it. Cheers. Good chatting.